It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? It is a special Monday preview edition of the Buffalo Bills Shout Football Podcast. I am your host, Matt Perino. He is my co-host, Ryan Talbot. And after all the stops and starts over the course of the last week, it looks like we're going to finally have a football game here tomorrow, Ryan. Yeah, you know, it's bizarre because I think maybe you and I probably both and all the Bills Mafia, you're so used to waking up on Sunday and having a football game to look forward to. And if you're a Bills fan, it's generally those one o'clock games. So to not even have a a game on Sunday in general, it makes you a little impatient. It's not on tonight, but it looks like it's going to be on schedule for tomorrow. So, you know, as the famous Tom Petty once said, The waiting is the hardest part. I would have sang that, but I don't want to lose our sponsor with my bad voice. (laughs) Listen, I'm not one to take away your gifts from the audience. So whether it be dad jokes or jingles, you feel free to belt it out whenever you want. This show is obviously brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with uh, with more. And, you know, tomorrow is going to be a good day to get over to Tops and, and pick up some stuff for the game because... It's so weird, Ryan. We went into this season with all of these primetime games, and there was a lot of fear last week that you know a primetime game was going to be taken away with the you know Bills Chiefs on Thursday night uh, potentially being moved. It has been moved to now Monday night, which is kind of primetime ish. But we have two night games here coming up in the next two. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not going to call it Monday night football. I'm going to call it like Monday dinner football, that 5 p.m. start for that game against the Chiefs. But, you know, that that's pretty nice. Imagine you're coming home from work. You get to watch kickoff almost immediately. Uh, it, it sounds like a nice little schedule. And like you said, we're, we're picking up a Tuesday night game, which is now a nationally televised game as well. So in, in terms of prime time, the Bills actually picked one up along the way here. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, break these preview shows up into a couple segments. And we're going to start with, you know, some storylines to watch, some things going into the game. We'll talk about some matchups and then we'll end on our player to watch and our prediction for the game. So stay tuned for that. If you have any questions, if there's anything specific you want us to touch on throughout the show, feel free to drop them in the comments. Ryan's really, uh, you know, he's got the eagle eye for that usually. And we'll both try to take a look and figure that out. But let's start, Ryan, before we get into the storylines here. I mean, there's really just one storyline going into this game, and it is COVID-19 and its impact on not only the Tennessee Titans and all the positive tests that have come out of Tennessee, but the impact on the Bills and this game. And, you know, I, I noted it in our outline here that, you know, the Bills last week, it was reported by Jay Glazer of Fox yesterday that they were preparing for the Titans or the Chiefs. However, this thing played out. They were getting ready for two different games. And it's it, we got to the point yesterday where I think everybody was like, okay, I think this Titans game is going to probably happen. But even still, after days and days and days and you know over the course of two weeks of kind of back and forth, I still think even up until t- this morning's all negative test out of Tennessee, this was still a big question mark. 
Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. It, it was just one of those things where, okay, is the next shoe going to drop and then what's going to happen? Now, I know there's still one more day of testing. The, the players get tested today. The results come out tomorrow. But I think even if there is, I I could still see the Bills and, and the Titans playing this game. Um, and it puts a lot of, you know, the, the fans in limbo, puts the players in limbo, um, and, and even on a much smaller scale, fantasy football players in, in limbo in terms of what to do. So it looks like, though, that uh, this game is going to get played, which is good news. It was a, a staff member yesterday that tested positive. So the NFL uh, allowed the Titans to go ahead with their practice, their preparation, so they're not going into this uh, without any practices. But going back to the Bills, you know, th- that's just very Sean McDermott making sure this team is is prepared for whatever was going to happen next, whether it was the Titans tomorrow night or whether it was just kind of looking ahead to that Chiefs game uh, if this game ended up getting canceled. So not surprised that Sean McDermott went above and beyond to make sure this team was prepared for whatever the outcome was. Uh, now, you know, how will that impact this on-field play is my big question because you're preparing for two different teams. Uh, so th- there's a lot that goes into that. So hopefully the Bills now can shift their focus entirely uh, to the Titans here in these last 24, 48 hours leading up to this game uh, and make sure that they're ready to go and, and ready for everything they need to see on on Tuesday night. You know, for a little timeline, I mean, if you go back two weeks now, the in week three, the Titans played the Minnesota Vikings. And I know some fans that might be tuning in right now, you know, may want to get caught up on how we've even arrived here. You know, maybe not haven't seen all of the you know ebbs and flows in this whole drama, the saga that's unfolded over the two weeks. You know, they played the Minnesota Vikings. Um, then all of a sudden, the, the positive test started to roll in day after day after day. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings to this day still haven't had a positive test, which is the kind of the most unbelievable part of this story in that they played a ga- game against the Tennessee Titans who have had, I think, I believe with yesterday's case, it's 24 positives, you know, over the last two weeks. Uh, an outbreak within the franchise. And so you go, you go uh, throughout the week. Last week's game is, you know, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game gets postponed. And then you get in this into this week, and it was all the way up until um, Tuesday when they finally had all negative tests come back, you know, within the Tennessee Titans organization. And then Wednesday was back to more positives. Thursday, more positives. And it was then Friday when I think, you know, th- there was that, day where everything came back negative once again, but everybody was kind of waiting with, with bated breath here. Like, okay, is this going to really work out here? Is everything going to be okay? Sunday, Saturday, all negative. Sunday, um, the the one staff member came back. And it's just been such an up and down. And I feel like if I'm looking at this from the player's perspective, you know, like you mentioned, Sean does a great job of, you know, keeping them on track and keeping everything about like, you know, doing your 111 and staying focused on the, on the game at hand that week. Well, <laughs> it's hard to do that with all of these, like, will they, won't they scenarios over the course of the week and all these different reports. We were talking about it yesterday. We posted how many different stories on how many different potential outcomes. And and now we're finally here. The game is here. And I think you can put a lot of that in the rear view, but it's been quite a hectic week. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, the big thing is you mentioned it. I think the fact that the Vikings did not have any positive tests uh, played a big role in this game being played this week. Now, obviously the Titans already, uh, burning their bye week factored into it. But the NFL has reportedly looked at a, a possible week 18 uh, if other games have to get pushed, rearranged, moved around. Uh, but I think the fact that the Vikings playing in that game uh, and not having any positive tests come back at all played a big role in the NFL saying, well, listen, they were on the field with this team for an entire game. Nothing happened there. 
Um, you saw that the uh, Chiefs, you know, they they had the practice squad quarterback Jordan Tayamu, uh, but they kind of, they handled it extremely well, and they've been able to play since. And uh, they had gone against the Patriots, who were dealing with a little bit of uh, COVID positive testing as well. So the fact that the opposition of these teams ha- has come off relatively. Uh, you know, health-wise, very clean. I think that's played a big role in why this game will be played on Tuesday. Uh, but it, it's still something that I, I think is in the back of a lot of Bills fans' minds in terms of, well, what happens after when Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the Bills get tested? Are we going to see anything come back there? Because if that is the case, if something like that does happen, well, that's a nightmare scenario for the NFL because they had many opportunities to say, hey, let, let's shut this down and move it around. Uh, but they did not do that. So there, there's still going to be some questions even after this game gets played. The, the, the Titans were allowed to re-enter their facility yesterday for, uh, you know, I think it was only select um, staff members along with the players to get a walkthrough and a practice. I think they'll do the same thing I saw reported um, again today. So, you know, that has also a big storyline in here. Like how much, you know, what kind of Titans team are we going to see show up on Tuesday? Because they just haven't gotten a chance to really run through things. I know they try to get a couple practices in that, you know, they're being you know investigated about right now after the COVID protocols were put into place and directives were handed down. They continue to meet, it appears, uh, according to reports. Uh, we'll get the full details of that as this thing goes wrong. But this could be a situation, Ryan, where, you know, with a few guys missing, and we'll talk about that in a, mi- in a minute, even with a full full uh deck here the, the titans are definitely at a disadvantage going into this game yeah uh big big disadvantage because they haven't been practicing on a regular basis and you just said it there's gonna be some guys who we're going to talk about here in an upcoming segment that uh probably aren't coming off of that covid list by tomorrow night's game and if that's the case you're gonna have some younger maybe inexperienced players filling those roles so that can lead to mis- uh, miscommunications on offense where you run the ra- wrong route and uh, that leads to maybe some sacks or turnovers or, or uh, for Ryan Tannehill. And on defense, it could lead to blown assignments. So there's a lot that could factor into that that could end up benefiting the Bills. But until it actually the game takes place, we won't really know. Uh, the, the one thing I'll say is these guys are all NFL athletes, whether it's the people that are going to step up and, and fill in these roles uh, or the players, the veterans that are going to be able to play. So uh, I think overall it's going to be – a relatively crisp and clean game, but there there could be an opening for a few miscommunications to occur. Let's get into some of these players that are are not going to be there. And, you know, I want to talk about the Titans and obviously some players that are remaining on the COVID list, but let's start with the Bills. And, you know, one guy in particular that we know is not going to be in this game, and that's Matt Milano, linebacker, out still with the pec muscles. Sean McDermott said, you know, after the injury, he was going to be week to week. So it's kind of a wait and see uh, approach. We haven't seen him practice yet. Um, and obviously that's concerning because you saw the drop off, obviously losing Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds for a game against the Dolphins earlier this year. That's never a good thing. You're two starting, you know, really, you know, rising star type linebackers, but Milano's impact in coverage, I think is, is a little bit more impactful just because of all the things that they ask him to do. It's his you know, fourth year in this defense, the familiarity of of his role and his job is there. And I think with him out of the lineup, we've seen as good of a story as Tyrell Dotson has been, we've seen like AJ Klein, who just seems to be a a complete drop off from Milano. And and that's something that they're going to have to deal with on Sunday because they're going up against a team 
that has, you know, a lot of good weapons. They'll be without some, but one in particular is tight end Johnny Smith, who, you know, he, to me is the prototypical type tight end that, you know, the bills historically have had problems with. Yeah. You know, you saw in week two, how Mike Kosecki had a, had a huge game against Buffalo and mind you, you said it, both linebackers were out Milano and Edmonds Edmonds will be there. So that will soften the blow a little bit. Um, but Johnny Smith is a threat in this passing game. And with some of these wide receivers that are going to be out, I think he might may end up being the number one threat for this team. Even if uh, A.J. Brown plays, he's coming off of an injury. Uh, he hasn't really had a lot of time to practice. So I'm not saying he would be a complete decoy by any by any means, but I don't think he's at 100% just yet. So Johnny Smith is that guy who could end up being the 10-plus the target uh, weapon for this team in the passing game. So Tyrell Dodson is going to have a, a big, uh, you know, responsibility to keep him in check. And if I'm the Bills, though, I'm going to try switching it up a little bit, too. It's not just all going to be Dotson. Uh, I might bring in a cornerback and put him on Jonu Smith in certain situations or a safety. Kind of go with what the Patriots did against Darren Waller uh, in that Raiders game where you, you change up the looks, you change up the coverage. Uh, you, you try to make those weapons uncomfortable, not knowing what's going to happen next. I think the Bills need to do something similar. Uh, to try to uh, limit his impact and, and really slow down this Titans offense. Yeah, and another name uh, that I think raises some eyebrows within Bill's Mafia is Tredavious White and the fact that he didn't practice all last week with a back injury. And that was something that popped up. He played the entire game uh, last week against the Raiders. Um, you mentioned it before we went on. Um, his significant other uh, tweeted out <laughs> – People must be crazy if they think somebody's making up an injury. I know that some Bills fans have maybe pontificated about maybe some concerns about COVID and going to Tennessee, maybe why Tredavious White wasn't practicing last week. I never want to make that speculation until you actually talk to somebody about it. Uh, I got a few questions about it on social media, and it just makes me uncomfortable because, listen, until you know Tredavious White tells you otherwise, he missed all this week of practice with a back injury. He's listed as questionable. That's a concern. But, you know, I'm not going to go to the, you know, the crazy conspiracy theories and start saying, you know, because obviously your fans are linking back to Tredavious White's apprehension about opting into the season. He waited to the final minute. But, you know, I think you mentioned it. I'm here now. I, I feel safe with what the Bills are doing. So I, I just think that's a slippery slope. Oh, very much so. And, you know, believe it or not, I do not have an NFL physique, but. I have a history of back injuries, okay? You're on and your way. Back, You're on your way, buddy. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But back injuries can happen in all ways, shapes, and forms. I'm not even kidding. Last year, I pulled a muscle in my back walking down the stairs. That simple. It can happen to these pro players with spasms, with injuries, with little nicks and bruises. So the fact that he just popped up there with a back injury of all things, I said, yeah, that can happen any point in time. Any, you know, Whether you're a pro athlete, no matter how good of shape you're in, Back injuries seem to be like one of the most common things where people can pull a muscle or, or have some aches and pains. So uh, I, I understood that some fans maybe raised some eyebrows when he showed up on that injury list. But, you know, the, the team can't do that first and foremost. And they, I don't think they would do that. If he wasn't comfortable playing, I think they would go out of their way to accommodate him. I really do. And that speaks volumes for Sean McDermott, Brendan Bean, and everyone else. But, you know, like his significant other said, He's not going to be faking any kind of injury. If it says he has a back injury, he's had some kind of back injury. I think the encouraging thing is the fact that the Bills listed him as questionable for this game, despite not practicing all week. 
All right, let's get, switch it over to the Titan side of things. We're going to talk more about Tredavious White and what his potential um, absence could mean for this Bills defense in the second portion of the show. But let's before we get to a break, let's talk about the COVID-19 list for the Titans. You posted a, a story on it yesterday. Run through who's still on that. Yeah, off the top of my head, you still have Adam Humphreys. You still have Corey Davis. Those are two of the big wide receiving weapons for this team. Jeffrey Simmons, a huge piece in the middle of that Titans defense. Uh, you have Christian Fulton, a young cornerback, who uh, you already have a Dory Jackson who's on the IR for this team. So they're going to be down two of their top cornerbacks if he cannot come off of the uh, injured reserve by or not the, the reserve slash COVID list, I should say, excuse me, uh, by tomorrow's game. So those are the big hitters in that area. Uh, there is also Corey, the linebacker as well, if, if I remember correctly. So some some pretty significant names on both sides of the ball for the Titans. You know, there was a, there was a few people that replied yesterday. I had a tweet about Jeffrey Simmons, and that to me is the story about the guys that are on this COVID list. Trust me, I think they're going to miss Corey Davis and Andrew Humphreys um a ton but i think that they you know this this offense let's let's not get things twisted this offense is predicated on getting the ball in derrick henry's hands and watching him work and i think the bills one thing why i give them a, a good chance in this game is because they've shown historically uh an ability to limit the big time plays for derrick henry um but jeffrey simmons is a guy on the interior of that titans defensive line that's just been outstanding i mean what a revelation he fell in the draft there were some character concerns some off the field issues um the bills take ed oliver at number nine quinn and williams goes top five to the jets and jeffrey simmons early on here is looking like perhaps maybe the the best of that bunch and i know that we're still very on early on i think ed oliver is still on that nice uh ascending trajectory uh but i just wanted to mention that with jeffrey simmons out of the mix if he's not able to come back off the COVID list that's going to open things up for the Bills running game and I think that for a team in the Titans who are bottom five going into week four or week five in sacks on the season they only had four in three games that's a a, a nice thing for this Bills offense that's been humming that they're not going to be able to generate the kind of pass rush that they would with Jeffrey Simmons in the lineup yeah, and I'm not trying to compare him to Aaron Donald in terms of overall play and talent, but you, you can you saw what a guy like Aaron Donald can do in terms of creating that pressure up the middle and making life uncomfortable for Josh Allen. Simmons probably would not have that same effect on a play-by-play -play basis, but he's talented enough that he could cause some major disruption. So if he does not play on Tuesday, that is a huge benefit for uh, the Bills going to that game. But, you, you know, it's funny. You mentioned character concerns. These those types of players, it's really interesting to, to watch back and see. Sometimes the team benefits. So Simmons, right now the Tex, uh, the Titans, excuse me, have really benefited from him falling into their laps. Same uh, instance, though, they were able to get Isaiah Wilson this year, offensive tackle who was just removed off of that COVID list, uh, and he had a really rough offseason. He was put on the COVID list twice, but he had a DU, DUI or DWI. Uh, I think he showed up a little bit out of shape, possibly. So, you know, sometimes those character concerns are warranted and there's a reason they fall to you. Other times, you know, the, the players mature. It was a one-time thing. And then teams benefit like they have so far with Simmons. Uh, and, and Simmons is a great talent. So if he does not play, like you said, really opens things up in that run game for, for Devin Singletary, possibly Zach Moss if he's back. Um, we didn't really see much of TJ Yeldon last week, but Yeldon kind of thrown in that mix too, depending on what happens going into tomorrow's game. 
All right. We are going to be back in a moment. We are going to dive into some of these matchups that I think, uh, you know, could have a really big impact on this game. And of course, as always, we'll have our predictions, guys. Stay, stay tuned. Ready for football? Tops is with ready-to-serve fan favorites everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops. All right. So this is a this is a big week, Ryan. The Bills could go to 5-0 and with a win over the Tennessee Titans. Do you know the year? The last time the Bills started a season 5-0, and what was the year? You know, I, I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say like 92 or something like that, but I don't know. Wow. That is impressive stuff, my friend. 1991. Oh, uh, So almost 30 years. And, and, you know, when you have a chance for that kind of history, I know this is a team over the last two decades before the McBean era that struggled quite a bit. But I feel like, you know, th- that's a that's a big, uh, you know, step or feather in your cap, if you will to uh you know be able to start the way that they have and i think what we've seen with what's played out over the course of the first month of the season is the bills have had a pretty tough schedule to start things off obviously getting to play the jets out of the gate is a nice comfortable way to start but everybody after that has looked really legit and and, and obviously we're coming off the heels of yesterday's big upset the las vegas raiders taking out the kansas city chiefs the Bills win this week, and I think that there's a strong argument that can be made that we're sitting here talking about you know, the best team in the AFC, AFC right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. The one thing I'm going to point out is, thank goodness the Bills did not play against Henry Ruggs last week. Ruggs mm. looked the part. He was shredding that defense, uh, which is a positive sign, not looking too far ahead for, for Stephon Diggs and uh, John Brown. Uh, going into that game, if you can beat that defense deep the way that uh, Ruggs did on a consistent basis, uh, that bodes well for for the Bills going into that game. But yeah, I think you have to look at them legitimately. I, I put a tweet out there yesterday saying, you know, Raiders defeated the Chiefs. The Dolphins just put the smack down on the 49ers, <laughs> the Super Bowl 49ers from one year ago. How, you know, how they fall there in last place currently in, in their division, which is uh, pretty mind boggling itself. Um, you, you had the, um, Rams comfortable 30 to 10 win. And I said, you know, the jets, you know, they're still recognized as an NFL team. So that kind of counts too. Uh, (laughs) but all things aside, those are pretty impressive wins for the bills where for a while it was all, they haven't beaten anyone. Well, yeah, they really have. And if they beat the Titans, one of the NFL's lone undefeated teams, I'm sure you'll get the excuses again. And I think you'll hear the excuses either way, depending on the outcome of tomorrow based on this mess that uh, was created. But you have to start t- really taking this team seriously based on what we've seen. I think the AFC is truly up for grabs. You know, it, it's not that far-fetched to think that the Chiefs could have two losses right now because they really struggled in their first outing against the uh, Chargers as well. So there's something to be said about this division, this conference especially, being up for grabs legitimately in 2020. I can't tell you how many people over the course of the offseason and even like in the Super Bowl, like lead up, I was talking about some of, you know, my quarterback takes and some radio shows and stuff. And I said, I mean, long term, I, I know the success that San Francisco has had. Give me Josh Allen over Jimmy Garoppolo. Listen, I, I like him a lot. I think he's a I think he's a, a guy, a quarterback that you can win with. But I don't think that at any point he's shown anything in San Francisco that would point me in the direction of being an elite franchise quarterback. And I think you know, what we saw yesterday and, and it could happen, you know, 
in so many different ways, whether the, you know, things aren't working from a play calling perspective, whether things aren't working from a personnel perspective, maybe you're kind of, you know, entering new parts. You, you, you've got some turnover on that offense from last year. I know George Kittle dealt with some injury stuff early on this season. How healthy is he? Uh, I'm not plugged in there, so I can't speak to that. But I, I think that, you know, what we've seen more than anything with the Josh Allen story and the Josh Allen experiences, you know, you, you never want to jump too far into the deep end of the water on any of these guys, because this is a year to year league and, and there's so many cliches out there, but it's true. Things change on a daily basis. And, you know, Josh Allen is off to a great start with his bills team. Let's see how, how this thing transpires and how it goes. The next one up is the Tennessee Titans. And, and I think that's, this is a cool measuring stick game for Allen because he's, he's done well against the Titans in his career. He's two and oh, two touchdowns, two interceptions in the two games. I think he's completing over 63% of his passes in those two games. Uh, so if you want to talk about splits, this is a team that he's had some success again, but against, but nothing like we've seen in the first four games of this season. I mean, obviously this is a different offense. One of the first, you know, matchups we're going to talk about is Stefan Diggs versus Malcolm Butler. And it's a, it's a big one. And I'll tell you why in a minute, but I think for Josh Allen, this is a game where you know, you go out there and, and and you move the ball and you score more points against this Tennessee Titans defense and with this secondary. I think it it tells a little bit more of a story. Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. And you know, the one thing I'll say about these Bills Titans games is they're usually kind of snooze fests. I hope that's not the case on Tuesday night when it's a national game and everyone's watching. Uh, but these games are always closely contested. 16, 14, 14, 13, low scoring games. But like you said. That's not the same Bills offense that we've seen in 2018 and 2019. Uh, if you remember last year, it was Duke Williams providing that emotional or that that spark for the offense and scoring that game-winning touchdown. You know, kudos to him for that touchdown, but there's Stephon Diggs now. There's John Brown. There's Cole Beasley. There's Gabriel Davis. The list goes on and on. So I'm expecting more of an offensive uh, explosion or outburst from this Bill's team, but just like we've seen from other all their opponents, so I'm expecting more from the Titans as well. So hopefully an entertaining game. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back and forth for a while, uh, but there are definitely some matchups for the Bills to exploit, which you're about to mention right here. Stephon Diggs versus Malcolm Butler has got to be one that Chad Hall, Brian Dable, Diggs, uh, you know, Sean McDermott, whoever you want to name, are just salivating over because Malcolm Butler looked you know, he was exposed a bit two weeks ago. If you watch the Minnesota tape and, you know, the Titans walked away with a 31-30 win. But, you know, this that matchup of Justin Jefferson, who ironically enough is the guy that the Minnesota Vikings took with the pick they acquired in the Stephon Diggs trade, you know, that was his coming out party. Seven catches, 175 yards, a touchdown. Whoever they put on him, mostly Malcolm Butler, and obviously with the Dory Jackson out, I think the plan going in was that Dory Jackson was going to be the guy that took the number one receiver on the opposing team. So with him out of the picture, it puts a lot of pressure on, on Malcolm Butler, who's, who's getting up there in age. Obviously, you know, speed doesn't seem to be there against some of these quicker guys that can get separation. And to me, that is just uh, a premium matchup for Stefan Diggs, who, you know, if you can't keep up with him, he's usually going to make you pay. Yeah, I, again, completely agree with what you're saying there. Uh, and, and even looking at Adoree Jackson being out, Christian Fulton possibly being out because of the COVID list, you know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, Vrabel pulled a Bill Belichick and tried to kind of change things up and put 
number two with safety help on digs and number one against John Brown. Try to slow him up a little bit that way, which we've seen in the past, some creative matchups. But they're, they're shorthanded back there in that secondary at cornerback especially. Uh, so I really do think that Diggs has a great opportunity, no matter who's lined up against him. But like you said, uh, most likely Butler, to, to have a great day to continue to be towards the top, if not the top of the NFL's wide receiving list in terms of receiving yards uh, at the end of this game because he has been everything the Bills have wanted uh, in a number one receiver. And again, another really good matchup here on Tuesday night. So don't be surprised if Stefan Diggs has a huge game for this Bills offense. And let's not sleep on the secondary because I think a lot of the success that this defense has had over the last couple of years is predicated on you know, how good this secondary has been. And obviously, they, you know, Logan Ryan's now with the Giants, but that safety duo of uh, Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Kevin Baird, it's as good as it comes out there. And, you know, Bills fans are used to watching a pretty good safety tandem in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. You know, this is, a, this is a group that can really make you pay. And one of the interesting stats that, you know, I pulled out for this game is that in three games, the Titans have a plus five turnover margin. That means they're not turning the ball over when they have the ball, and they are getting the ball in their offense's hands when they're on defense. And that's that's huge. I mean, the Bills, you know, while they've taken care of the ball for the most part, they're not forcing those kinds of turnovers. We saw when they finally did last week what it meant and how important it was to the game. When you're playing the elite of the elite, any mistake that you can kind of convert on you know, could change the complexion of the game. And those are two guys that Bills fans have to keep an eye on because if they're able to pick a ball off, force a fumble, that could really, you know, if this is a close game, that could change things real quick. Yeah, big time. And uh, same thing, you know, we haven't really seen Josh Allen run as much as he did week one, but you saw him fumble twice with um, different members of the Jets defense knocking that ball loose. Some, I believe well, at least one was a member of the secondary that was able to, to uh jar it loose so even if in terms of fumbles with running the ball the bills have cracked that football tomorrow because the, this team this Titans team is a lot like the bills where uh they don't turn the ball over much they rely on their defense to create a turnover here and there to kind of uh help with the momentum help with the settling of games and then you know obviously more so than the bills they rely on the run game with Eric Henry uh especially late in games to kind of wear out defenses so it's going to be interesting. Whoever wins the turnover battle could end up, I think, realistically winning this game on Tuesday. Uh, another one. Let's flip to the other side. And, you know, the same kind of thing. Uh, A.J. Brown uh, practiced on Saturday. It's looking like he's trending in the right direction. He's been out for a few weeks. And that's huge news because without Corey Davis, without Adam Humphreys, uh, we're going to talk about another receiver here in a little bit. But, you know, A.J. Brown's the guy that they're going to have to lean on. And, you know, depending on whether or not Tredavious White is able to play uh, questionable for this game, that's a matchup that could that could have a big impact. I mean, depending on who you listen to, and again, I always make sure to tell you, I'm not a film expert. I'm, I'm not going to – I try to watch all the games back. I try to watch the All-22 as much as I can. But I'm not going to really be able to tell you schematically, you know, whose fault necessarily it is. A lot of times in a zone scheme, I think it's tough to determine whose fault it is. I think you could place – Blame on Josh Norman or Tredavious White for that touchdown that got called back in the Raiders game. But I think, you know, if you ask Tredavious White right now, I would venture to guess that he wouldn't say that he's playing at the level he played at last year, early on this year. So you need that version of Tredavious White against some of these top receivers. And A.J. Brown is one of those guys that can pose a problem for the Bills. Yeah, Brown is is a young stud in this league at wide receiver. Um, and, and maybe he's not a household name yet nationally, but I think he's well on his way. 
So having White, if he is available tomorrow, would be huge for this defense. Uh, if he's not there, then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of wondering, you know, well, that means Josh Norman is matched up on him. And then maybe it's Saran Neal that's getting bumped up opposite. Uh, and, and that would lead to some mismatches, in my opinion, for the Titans offense. So having White in there first and foremost is, is going to be big for this team if he does play. Uh, but they, they really have to focus in on Brown if he is playing, even if he's not at 100%. He would be that main outside pass uh, catcher for them, whereas you know on the inside, a certain tight end is going to be their main focus point, in my opinion. So two players that you got to try to uh, take away in the pass game, and then obviously Derrick Henry in terms of stopping the run. Yeah, let's talk about little Johnny Smith here, and that's uh, one of the comments here with Milano, uh, Milano out. I think it's going to come down. I wrote it in the notes. I think it's going to come down to a team effort here. Tremaine Edmonds, Mike might get some time on him. Tyrell Dotson, who I think is probably going to see a little bit more time than AJ Klein, uh, unless, you know, maybe AJ Klein had a good week of practice and they looked at film and they think that maybe he's going to take a step forward this week because he actually played really good against this team last year. He had two sacks, uh, you know, last year on the Saints. It's looked like he's a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit slow this year. And obviously he's getting up in age. And, you know, I think that there's, yeah, that's one guy that you look at and, you know, with Milano out that you want to see a little bit more from with the contract that they gave him. But, you know, I think that this could be kind of a group effort here to kind of deal with Johnny Smith, you know, put a, a couple different guys on him, show him a couple different looks, try to make him uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, again, so I, I think that Tyrell Dodson will get more snaps. Like you said, uh, have not been impressed with AJ Klein in coverage this year, but like you said, week to week league, maybe had some better practices. But I need to see more out of him before I'm saying I'm even comfortable with him lining up uh, with Johnu Smith. Secondary, maybe you bring up a safety, maybe you bring in an extra safety, maybe you bring in a, a cornerback and line it up. Change the looks up, make it so that way Ryan Tannehill and Johnu Smith don't know where the coverage is coming from or what kind of looks the Bills are going to give you. The more that you can disguise, the better off your defense is going to be in this matchup, in my opinion. And I know it's tougher to do in the uh, NFL as it is today with few few fans in the stands, offenses being able to adjust on the fly, right at the line, audible, and call out things they like. Uh, but I, I think the Bills need to try to, to disguise as much as they possibly can with this matchup, especially in terms of you know who's going to be responsible who can maybe bump him at the line, just the little things to throw him off on his routes. Yeah. And I think for all guys in coverage, you know, whether it be at that second level or, you know, the four guys and the five guys in the secondary, it's going to be important for this defense to this defensive line to continue what they started to build. I thought last week, I thought, you know, Mario Addison looked pretty good, pretty engaged. I thought Quentin Jefferson kind of broke through a little bit, not just with the you know play that he made, but I thought in the second half across the line through their rotations, everybody seemed to be, you know, playing off each other a little bit more. And that's so important in the scheme. I mean, Leslie Frazier has spoke, spoken about that so many times. Like, it's not about the sacks. It's about pressuring the quarterback. It's about rushing his four. And I think that we even saw a nice little spike with Daryl Johnson Jr., uh, six snaps he had, and he had a game-changing play. Those are those are big moments where you know, kind of, you know, you maybe start to figure some things out, get you know, get flip the momentum a little bit. Uh, there's a question in the comments here on um, AJ Afanessa. He had 15 snaps last week. Uh, I'd expect I'll be interested to see if he gets those 15 snaps or if, or if Daryl Johnson, based on his performance, maybe he can eat into those a little bit this week. 
Yeah, I think that's fair to, to think that Johnson has a chance to kind of uh, get a, a little bit more of a workload after that game-changing play he made uh, last week for the Bills' defense. You know, I, I would like to see a little bit more consistency from this pass rush. I, I feel like there's too many times where the quarterback throughout the game sits back there and has time to scan the field and, and wait for one of his guys to get open, whereas I thought maybe going into this year you'd see a little bit more of uh, the quarterback feeling uncomfortable and having to get the ball out quicker than than needed, but they did step up last week late in the game when needed. Some more consistency, though, would go a really long way in this game, and then obviously down the road here against the Chiefs next week on Monday night. So if the pass rush can take that next step, which you said, you know, they're starting to play off each other a little bit more and mesh a little bit more, which could be the case of just finally having those four weeks together on the field and getting to know what each player does uh, very well. I think there was going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but now I want to see that consistency on a week-to-week basis. Uh, before we get to uh, – we're going to do this uh, every preview episode where we do uh, players to watch. Uh, I think that that's a, a cool way to maybe you know pick out one player to zero in on and, and how we think that that player can impact the game or his play can impact the game. I think uh, before we get there, I want to talk about this Tennessee offensive line, which is healthy. No names on the COVID list, to my knowledge. And that's a strength of this team. And they're going up against this Bills defensive line. Um, and, and they're going to try to open up some running lanes for Derrick Henry. So uh, how important is it for not only this pass rush to get going, but for you know this run defense to continue to do what it, it did, you know, holding uh, Josh Jacobs under 50 yards rushing last week um, on the heels of what happened against the Rams when Daryl Henderson really got a a chance to get out in the open field a few times, did some damage on the ground. They got to get, they got to keep things, you know, gap integrity is we always talk about it, but it's going to be really important this week against Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's going to be huge because they're going to lean on Henry on early downs. Now you'll get the occasional play action uh, trying to open things up, but you know, he's the workhorse. So if you can stop him for a minimal gain on first down and make it second and long, third and long, then you're going to get in those three and out situations or, uh, maybe maybe it's a one first down and out, and then you can flip the field early in this game. If you're not going to put up points here early, which I, you know, I have no reason to believe the Bills can't put up points against this Titans defense, but field position is such an important factor in, in games as well. So that's something to monitor early on, and it's going to be really important for the Bills' defensive line to step up. They were great in, in, against the Raiders. Josh Jacobs said, you know, I wasn't surprised that I struggled because uh, everything we saw on film showed the Bills – filling in their gap and you know the gap integrity was there so he was expecting it he saw it if the bills can replicate that against the titans it's going to be huge not only for the the defensive performance in terms of keeping them fresh getting them off the field but it's going to be big for this offense in terms of maybe getting out to a big lead early in this game or even just uh you know a one score or two score lead and they start to pull away with it a little bit uh and make the titans more of a pass first offense Yes, sir. Uh, let's talk about our players to uh, players to watch. I think one guy for me on the Titan side of things, wide receiver Khalif Raymond. Keep an eye on this guy. I went back and watched the Minnesota game yesterday before the uh, one o'clock's kicked, and he was a downfield assassin against this Minnesota secondary. And he's somebody that if you don't make sure you take care of him, he can hurt you down the field. And we talked about um, Henry Ruggs and what he could have meant to this Raiders team last week. I think it's. A, I don't want to put Raymond in the same uh, conversation as Henry Ruggs. I mean, this is good, one of the the bright young stars, speedster wide receiver in the NFL. But this is a guy that can get to the second level, 
third, the third level, even do some damage, get past your secondary and they got to watch out for him. Who's your player to watch? Tyrell Dodson. I think that uh, when he is on the field, Ryan Tannehill is going to test him early in this game. Uh, see what he can do in coverage against a John U. Smith. Uh, see how he performs, you know, with, with Derrick Henry getting the ball. How does he do, look in, in run defense? I, I think that with Matt Milano out, the Bills really need someone to step up in his place. And this is a huge opportunity for Dodson. Not that week two wasn't, but he'll have the benefit of having uh, Tremaine Edmonds on the field next to him in this game, which will obviously, I think, even highlight his play to a, or maybe take his play to an even higher level because I thought – he really flashed at times in that Dolphins game. Well, he has an even bigger opportunity here to show that he's someone that could have a pretty sizable role in this defense, uh, not only for the rest of 2020, but 2021 and beyond. Yeah, I mean, in a weird way, like depending on what happens with Matt Milano and the, and the salary cap situation, this could be an audition for him. And I also think that he's in a much better position now playing with Tremaine Edmonds as opposed to being asked to kind of be the quarterback of the defense. I know that he was the backup Mike and that's probably where he's comfortable, but being able to kind of feed off of Tremaine Edmonds and what he brings now seemingly pretty healthy coming into this game. I'll be interested to watch this prediction time, Ryan, drop your prediction here and give us uh, your final thought before we get out of here. I'm going to go bills 27, 24. They're always close games. I expect it to be another close game. Uh, I, I think it comes down to the fact that the Titans are going to be shorthanded uh, on offense and on defense by the looks of things, and the, the fact that they just haven't had enough time to practice. So they make things interesting late, but the Bills pull off another close win to move to 5-0 and for the first time since 1991. Boom. I'm going to be right there with you. I'm picking the Bills to win this week. Um, I actually, you know, going into this thing, I, I was waffling a little bit because, you know, you, you think that the they're going to lose – this season. And, you know, uh, this is a tough game against a team that went to the AFC title game last year. But for me, the more I look through this, the more I think that this is a mentally tough team. They, they say it themselves, they're role warriors. They did really well in the road last year. And I think this is a place they'll be comfortable in that, you know, we think back to last season when they made, you know, Nissan stadium, uh, almost like a de facto home game uh, with the way that, you know, Bill's mafia came out and the way that the bills, rallied around it. So I think this offense will keep it going. I think the Titans are missing too many important pieces. Uh, so I'm going to go Buffalo 34, which I know it's crazy, but they're scoring points and check it out. Tennessee has given up a lot of yards over 400 yards a game this season. And I think the Titans will score 21 and the bills win uh, by 10 points on the road, 31, 21. Uh, that there you have it. Give me, give us your final thoughts, Ryan. What do you, what else, what else are you thinking on this fine? We don't usually do these uh, Monday afternoon podcasts, but we're a little bit uh, – you know, this is a weird week. It's a different time. Yeah, you know, just kind of thank goodness that we're, this game, first of all, is going to get in after all the ups and downs. But hopefully this is going to be the last time that they're kind of clustered in with all these teams uh, dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic. I, for the most part, the league has done a pretty good job. It's been a player here or there. Uh, so I, I get the fans that are concerned going into this game, uh, but the fact that the Titans have had no positive tests in the last two days bodes well, uh, not only for the game getting played, but for the Bills themselves in terms of their overall health and safety, which is the most important thing. Um, so like I said, hope that this is the last time that there's this kind of interruption uh, or this kind of worry heading into a game, which obviously, bizarrely enough, will be played on a Tuesday night. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Head over to the audio platforms. If you missed any part of the show, we're going to have this uploaded on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast. This will be available in the next hour, our big preview show, and we will be be back. Be back. Double Bs. We'll be back right after the game. Uh, maybe a little bit after the game, maybe a half hour or so. Uh, Titans, Buffalo Bills tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Make sure you check out the podcast. Don't go to sleep right after the game's over because we are going to be live to talk about it all. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on all those platforms, and head over to Tops. Go get yourself some some grub for this game. You know, I'm if I was going to be home, I'd be grilling. Uh, you know, that's one of the cool things about not traveling this year on Sundays. Um, you know, I've been you know ordering pizza. You know, Ryan mentioned it last week—the great breakfast pizza from Tops. You have breakfast pizza at night, and I'm pretty sure they have regular pizza there too. Uh, so, shout out to our sponsor, Tops, and we will be back on Tuesday night. Have a great Monday, everybody. Enjoy the games. Ready for football? With every game a home game, Tops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in store, or online to win.